On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Qatar Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I am Nathan, and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great. I just got back from a fishing trip up at one of the Reservoir Lakes, a little way south of here, and... uh Super good. We got a whole bunch of kokanee and the trout, so pretty successful. Solid. Nice haul. Uh, did you go earlier in the morning? We left my house at 7, so we didn't really get there till 8, 8.30ish, but that was early enough. We didn't gotcha. really start catching anything until, you know, 12 anyways. Yeah. Now, was it overcast where you were? It was overcast. No, I did not see the eclipse. Unfortunate. Yes. Uh, it's probably... Probably better that way. I probably would have looked directly up. I was like, oh, the eclipse is going on right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for the listeners who do not know, there was a solar eclipse in the United States on today, as uh, the day we're recording, which is Saturday, October 14th. Uh, we were not able to record earlier in the week due to scheduling things, but we are here. So sorry for the late episode. I just want to throw that in there before we get started. We are alive. We are, in fact, alive. We're just very busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we are here. We did make it before the next race, which is really the important thing. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for you, Ben. Fishing is always nice. I do enjoy fishing myself. Uh, haven't been in a while, though. Um, but this is not an outdoorsman podcast. This is a racing podcast. So let's jump in to the Qatar Grand Prix weekend in Formula One. Uh, we've got some padding news to start with. Um, the nice thing about doing these a few days late is we get to talk about some news that happened after the race. Um, but for some news that happened before the race, uh, starting with Roman Grosjean in the IndyCar series, he has filed for arbitration uh, against Andretti Autosport, which uh, was very interesting to see that post. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not fully caught up on what was going on between him and Andretti. Right. So he, it's no secret that he did not have the best season last season. Um, he was cut from the team or originally he was cut from the 28 car. I think he still thought that he would be driving for Andretti. Uh, but they informed him that that was not the case. And, um, I wait, I would gather that they, gave him the impression earlier on in the season or something that he would be driving for them next season. So he has started a started the process of filing a lawsuit against the team, um, probably just for financial compensation. I'd imagine he probably doesn't really want to drive for them next season because it didn't look like that was a happy relationship in either direction. Yeah. So um, he announced he's starting the arbitration process and then he is also pursuing another spot on the IndyCar grid for next season um, a couple of teams that have been thrown around are Ed Carpenter Racing and Dale Coyne Racing uh, Dale Coyne being his previous team before Andretti uh, if he does get a seat then I would wager it's probably one of those two teams but I honestly would be pretty surprised if he did get a seat this late in the year um, yeah there are some pretty promising rookies and yeah he, yeah, he did not have a great showing last year. Yeah, you can go I think for... teams probably saw him as a, a very expensive driver. Yeah, it's like you could go for... 
uh, hotshot young rookie that's, yes, unproven, uh, but could end up being a big talent. Um, or you can sign on this 37-year-old driver who has now had failed careers in two different racing series. Um, it's, I don't know, that might be a little harsh, but it's also kind of true. Uh, yeah. I love the guy, but I think it's time for him to step away. Um, he's got this drive with Lamborghini in the World Endurance Series. And uh, so I think he should set his sights on that, focus on that. Um, I think, uh, unfortunately for him, Formula Racing is uh, probably in his past. Yeah, you're being sent to the WEC zone. Yeah, which, I mean, he can do really well in WEC, but uh, it's uh, also an endurance race, so he has to stay out of his own way and not crash the car. Um. But, uh, yeah, I, I hope, I wish, wish, I wish him the best, but, uh, I also don't think he's going to get a seat in, uh, in the upcoming IndyCar year. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, so that's the, the Grosjean news. We have some other Andretti news on the Formula One front, actually. Uh, this is a little better than the last yeah, one. Yeah, this is good news. Andretti Global gains FIA approval to be the 11th F1 team on the grid. Now, this does not mean they will be the 11th team on the grid because they have to go through the Formula One... Um, I forget what it's called. Uh, basically, they have to convince all of the teams that it is uh, financially a good decision for them to join the grid and it's not going to dilute the prize pool. Um, they're going to have to pay through the nose in entry fee in their first year, um, and possibly more depending on the agreements that they come to. But uh, this is a good first step for Andretti in terms of getting getting that slot. They were one of four teams that was uh, applying, um, and they were the only team that actually got approval. So as far as the FIA is concerned, they are qualified to be a Formula 1 team. I think as far as the world is concerned, they are qualified to be an F1 team. Um, they just have to convince all of the other teams that it is a, it is just a overall financial positive for them to join the sport. I think it is. There is such a large market in America now after Drive to Survive and just COVID and it's just gaining popularity very quickly. Um, I can only see an American team bringing in more money, uh, along with advertising in the U.S. Haas doesn't count. Ha well, Haas, Haas doesn't count. You're right. <laughs> as a proud American man, Haas does not count as the American team. Yeah, so while Haas may say they're an American team, all of their factories and their, their team is based in the U.K., like... Gene Haas is American, and that's about as American as the team gets. Um, so Andretti Global will be based in the United States, in Indianapolis. And uh, so they would be... They've committed to having at least one driver in the car who's American, yeah. driving for America as their, their country. That is another big thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that essentially they're they want to be a pipeline for American talent to be able to get into European Formula One racing. Absolutely. So I would say with that, it's like who do you who do you choose as your driver if let's just say they did get the approval to become the eleventh F one team. 
uh, and you have to choose at least one American driver because that's the commitment you made. Uh, I would go with Joseph Newgarden. That seems like the best pick to me. I would, I would honestly go with Logan Sargent, depending on where he ends up. Uh, well, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I guess it does depend. If he's really good, then Williams would probably keep him. And if he's not, then Andretti probably doesn't want him. Yeah. Never mind. I retract that. Ignore I said yeah, that. Yeah, I was going to say, that seems like not the best way to start off here. I talked myself <laughs> out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Joseph Newgarden seems like a solid pick for me. Uh, if Colton Herta can somehow finagle a super license in the next IndyCar season. Um, he's going to have to do a lot better than he did last year. Yeah, season. he's basically going to have to finish top three. Uh, so... If Colton Herta has a fantastic season next year, then that would be another great option. Past that, I don't know if there are very many good American prospects right now. Um, I'm sure there could be. Maybe there's some in, like, uh, IMSA they're looking at. Um, yeah. Like, uh, well, there's Tom Blomqvist, but I just, I don't... Mm. Yeah, I don't... I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I don't see no, that. I don't. I don't see anybody. If you're to, if you have to choose an American driver, that I mean, there's only like what forty people in the world that have super licenses. Uh, well, not forty. It's probably more like eighty. <laughs> um, but still, there's maybe. I, I don't know that. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. But I would wager there's there are not many Americans compared to European probably. drivers who have super licenses. I would wager half a dozen or less Americans have super licenses right now. Um, yeah. So Joseph Nugran is definitely one of them, uh, and uh, he was he would probably be my pick. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, I I could definitely see that happening. I think uh, now that he's won the Indy Five Hundred. And he's won a couple, I think, IndyCar championships. Um, I think he's uh, done what he set out to do in IndyCar. I mean, I'm sure he's still very much enjoying being a part of that sport. But if if uh, Andretti came came a knocking with a Formula One seat, uh, that would be hard to turn yeah, down for sure. So it would it would be cool to see the King of Ovals move to F1. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Um, but anyway, so that's that's that. Uh, in terms of second driver alongside him, Mick Schumacher, I'd say, is a probably pretty viable option. Um, That'd be cool. Or pulling uh, even another driver from IndyCar. Not necessarily American, but if we had like a New Garden Polo F1 team, could you imagine? <laughs> there you go. I was wondering how you'd get Polo into the conversation. Uh, you, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's got to happen. It has to happen. And the, the funny thing is, is I'm not even such a huge Polo fan. It's just like, I want to see an IndyCar... He's the best driver out there right now, and we want to see IndyCar get an F1. That's the thing, is Polo is a world-class driver. And, yeah, I, I feel like he deserves the shot at an F1 seat, because he wants one. And um, so while I'm not even a huge Polo fan, uh, I do want to see that bridge crossed between IndyCar and F1 because I think it is a viable a viable meter to uh, to judge judge drivers by <laughs> speaking of bridges that may be viable but aren't I don't know how I was going to segue that uh, Alpine said I think in 
again, unsubstantiated rumor. I saw it on Reddit as I was taking a walk. But uh, Alpine said that the engine option to supply for Andretti expired. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's already known that they're very vocally against Andretti joining. Yeah. Well, I there's there are several teams that are against Andretti joining. Um, it's that's why this is all speculation, and honestly, realistically, it's probably not going to happen. The only thing that they have to be concerned about is any lawsuits coming from Andretti's side. Um, and it's just overall a really bad look for F1 if they just blatantly start gatekeeping like this. Yeah, a team that has all the qualifications and all the history and prestige and they still don't let them in because of money. Because of money and they just don't want the competition. Like That's a pretty bad look. Yeah, it's like grow a pair let let a valid team in that that deserves to be there yeah because if if andretti can't get in then no one can like that's that's what this is signaling is that f1 is closed and no more no more teams will ever be allowed on the grid yeah it'll be the same 10 teams changing hands and changing names and that's it yeah so the next thing that i see happening is i mean the only other option i can see possibly happening in the future is andretti buys haas in 2026 um but that i I don't see any other way for them into the end of the sport no um so yeah we'll see what happens man i hope this Uh, works out yeah me too um i am hopeful but not optimistic (laughs) there you go that's a good way to put it yes um so anyway moving on lance stroll was given a written warning for his conduct in qatar to give you some context he he had a very rough weekend in qatar um especially in practice and qualifying he was out in q1 in the sprint shootout qualifying and he uh reacted to that by throwing his steering wheel across his garage and then shoving his personal trainer um just an outburst of emotion, but still not, uh, not, not what you want to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, uh, a lot of people think that Lance Stroll is kind of losing it a little bit. Um, well, he's which... usually so calm and collected after races too, no matter the result. Yeah. I like, think you don't he's really getting... ever see him act out. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him for for sure but i think he his passion for f1 is starting to recede uh i think with alonso being his teammate and absolutely decimating him um i don't think that's helping things either uh yeah it's um anyway i i think he's uh fallen off a little bit and uh, we'll segue that into We'll skip a couple of these points. Uh, there are there are rumors at in the F1 paddock about both strolls. Uh, first, Lance, that he will retire at the end of the season. Um, I don't know how much credibility I give this, um, but it seems like this the last few races he has just not been happy in the car. Um, 
so I don't know if that's just him struggling, if that's him kind of mentally checking out. Um, I could see him retiring, but I um, I mean, this is this rumor came from from Reddit, so uh, <laughs> grain of salt, it's a grain of salt kind of things. But on the other hand, in Formula One, rumors tend to turn out to be true. <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire, as they say. Yeah, it at least leads um, to something surrounding the team or the subject of the rumor. Yeah, so that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, another rumor I saw, we'll kind of <laughs> uh, branch off this a sec, uh, is that Sergio Perez will retire, announce his retirement during the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, oh, that would sting. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Again, There's no way. This one was on Reddit, so this one I take with even more of a grain of salt. Um, that would be kind of brutal. Uh, but according to the source of the rumor, he was told after Japan that he would not be continuing with the team. Um, so, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, his, his performances, granted, haven't been there. Helmut Marco did say this week that Perez is, as far as the team is concerned, in a crisis and needs to find a new team, <laughs> which is, that's kind of, that's, those are kind of biting words right there. Helmut Marco um, says a lot of things though. That is fair, but he is also the driver manager for Red Bull, so he has the authority to make those decisions. That is true. Um, so yes, he does say a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things that are in poor taste and uh, off color um but uh yeah when you got the driver manager for red bull racing saying that one of the drivers needs to find a new team that's uh not great no, for, that, for the driver that's not a good sign for sure no so maybe we'll see danny rick in that red bull sooner rather than later uh which i still think would be a mistake no, but I, uh i don't want to see that yeah, I don't. I want Perez to have one more year. Um, we'll see what happens, but that's another rumor. And then getting back to Aston Martin, uh, there have been rumors outside of Reddit, kind of floating all over the internet. Uh, so these seem a little bit more credible. That Where do you get uh, rumors Lawrence outside Stroll. of Reddit? Huh? Where do you get rumors outside of Reddit? Um, Instagram and F1's website. Oh, okay. Um, I think I saw this on F1's website, uh, but it is still just a rumor that, uh, Lawrence Stroll has been in talks with a Saudi Arabian company. I don't remember which company it might be a Ramco actually, um, about selling his shares of Aston Martin, uh, and retiring from F1. So if that does happen, I think Lance Stroll will be forcibly retired anyway. Uh, but, uh, that would be very interesting. We'd finally get that second Aston Martin seat opened up. Um, and, uh, see where the team goes from there. I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, this rumor also seems a little strange. I feel like it's more likely than the other ones, but it does seem a little strange that he would invest all of this money to build up these crazy facilities in the UK, wind tunnel, 
manufacturing facility, all of this, and then the second it gets completed, he sells his shares. Um, I mean, maybe as a business venture it makes sense, because now the team is way more valuable than it was when he bought it. Um, that is true. He built up a pretty big name for that team within a very short span of time. Yeah, so maybe if the price is right, then he'll sell it. Uh, but uh, that will be another thing to watch. Um, all right, so moving on, Bernie Ecclestone, who is a leading figure in the Formula One world, used to be the used to kind of run the show. Um, doesn't need more, but he was charged with tax fraud, totaling over four hundred million dollars. Uh, it comes out to two team cost caps. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Andretti's probable entry fee. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, Do you think it's going to be that low? I would, I'd say it's probably going to be at least 500 or 600 million. 600 million is what I'm betting. That's, that's, that's also the number I've seen floating around is 600 yeah. million. Um, which Anywho. is just insane as an entry yeah. fee. But uh, anyway, so this is not really super racing related, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, we'll follow that story possibly if it gets spicy uh but i saw that and i was like "Ooh, <laughs> that's not good <laughs> wealthy man charged with tax fraud yeah shocker um all right and finally the belgian grand prix some more good news secures a contract extension into 2025 so another one year deal but we will get spa on the calendar for the next two years that was a close one what's that it's kind of up in the air for a little bit whether they're going to get that extension, wasn't it? Yeah. It's always up in the air. Well, but I guess we have another two years. Yep. Like good a driver stuff. contract. For sure. <laughs> Got to keep up the good performance or else they're going to let it go. Yeah. They're going to send it to WEC. But unlike Red Bull, they can't just let it off the calendar early. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. We should move into some racing. We're not 20 minutes in and haven't talked about racing at all. Uh, so, to give you some qualifying uh, context for the sprint race, this was a sprint weekend. Uh, Oscar Piastri was on pole. Lando was second. Verstappen was third. Russell fourth. Sainz fifth. Leclerc sixth. Hulkenberg seventh. Perez eighth. Alonso ninth. And Ocon tenth. Uh, Piastri got a great start. Uh, Verstappen did not get a great start. He dropped through the pack a little bit to, I think, P6. Liam Lawson spun out on lap one, bringing out a safety car. Uh, Russell got a great run on Piastri on the restart and chased him down to eventually take the lead of the race with a fantastic lunge. Logan Sargent spun off on lap three, causing a second safety car. On lap 11, Piastri came back at Russell to retake the lead uh, as Russell's tires went off. Perez, Ocon, and Hulkenberg came together, ending all of their races on lap 13. Um, on lap 15, Verstappen passed Russell for P2. Um, and on lap 17, Norris passed both Ferraris, and that was kind of all of the highlights from the sprint race. Uh, it was actually... Is... Oh, you go first. I was going to say it was a pretty good sprint race. I was entertained for pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, I um, will say, when I was explaining how Max Verstappen might win the sprint race and win the championship to Emily, <laughs> explaining the logistics of the sprint race to her made me realize how, how dumb they kind of are. Yeah. Yeah, they are kind of stupid. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is what it is for now. Uh, they're still messing with the format. 
I don't like the the sprint shootout qualifying format. I find it very it's it's not I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> what um, more can you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so go through the results real quick. First through fifth were Piastri, Verstappen, Norris, Russell, and Hamilton. Piastri with his first race win, race win being in air quotes. Um Sixth through tenth was Carlos Sainz, Alex Albon, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly, and Valtteri Bottas. Eleventh through fifteen, rounding off the finishers were Sunoda, Leclerc, Magnussen, Joe, Stroll, uh, yeah, and Stroll. <laughs> and then um, we had five retirements, and they were Hulkenberg, Perez, Ocon, Sargent, and Lawson. Um, yeah. So that was the sprint race. We'll move into the actual Grand Prix now. Uh, we'll go through qualifying real quick. On pole position, as always, was Max Verstappen, uh, followed by George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. Fourth and fifth were Alonso and Leclerc. Sixth through ten was Piastri, Gasly, Ocon, Bottas, and Norris. Eleven through fifteen was Sonoda, Sainz, Perez, Albon, and Hulkenberg. And sixteen through twenty was Sergeant Stroll, Lawson, Magnussen, and Joe. Um, one thing to note. Um, Carlos Sainz had engine troubles before the Grand Prix even started, so he was a DNS. He did not take part in the race. I kind of forgot about that until just now. I did too. Um, but yeah, Carlos Sainz was not a part of the race. Uh, so let's go into the highlights real quick. Hamilton and Russell came together at the start, sending Russell to the back of the pack and ending Hamilton's race uh, in a very uh, Nico Rosberg-like fashion in 2016 um but uh yeah so first time i i uh, was watching something i forget i think it was the race they released a video uh on on this and it's the first time that uh two mercedes have come together and ended one of their races since that incident in spain in 2016 which i find kind of insane but i mean considering it was valtteri bottas uh, that was pairing, <laughs> um, Hamilton for that long. Uh, I guess that doesn't really surprise me. Um, but I found that kind of interesting. Uh, they got and, over it much quicker than Hamilton and, uh, Rosberg did. Oh, for sure. They bro hugged it out at the, after the race was over. Um, so everything's good between the two drivers. Hamilton admitted it was his fault and I would very much agree with that. Everyone would. Yeah, so uh, all's all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> um, it didn't end well, but it didn't all end well. seems to be well, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, everybody's content in the team with uh, each other. I'll say that. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, uh, Verstappen quickly pulled away on the restart after the safety car. Russell cut through the field very rapidly over the next few laps, uh, absolutely flying past people. Uh, it was kind of a shame that he got sent to the back of the pack because I think he might have been able to actually push for Staffen a little bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Norris passed Leclerc for P6 on lap 19. Sergeant retired his car, skipping way ahead to lap 41 um, due to him having... Well, he was not feeling good, and... A lot of the drivers weren't feeling good, and we'll talk about that for sure yeah. after this. Um, 
But uh, Sergeant did ex- uh, have flu-like symptoms earlier in the week. And so if he was getting over the flu and <laughs> was in the con- conditions that we'll talk about, uh, I can understand why he retired his car. Um, Perez snuck into the points on the last lap of the race. Um, but past that, it was uh, a Verstappen, Piastri, Norris podium. The McLarens stayed up at the front for the whole race. Actually, Norris did make his way from 10th to 3rd. Uh, he did have some spin-outs and crashes in front of him to help him with that. He had a pretty quiet race, but uh, he did end up making it up to 3rd, so that was pretty cool for, for Lando. And then Piastri just had a fantastic race as well. Um, so that was your podium. 4th and 5th were Russell and Leclerc. 6th through 10 was Alonso, Acon, Bottas, Joe, and Perez. Double points for Alfa Romeo. 11 through 15 was Stroll, Gasly, Albon, Magnussen, and Tsunoda. 16 and 17 rounding off the finishers were Hulkenberg and Lawson. Our two retirements were Sargent and Hamilton, and our DNS was Carlos Sainz. All right. So this weekend, Verstappen won the World Drivers' Championship. Uh, it's kind of the main talking point coming out of Qatar. He is a three-time champion of the world now. Um, and, uh, he, I'm sure will be pushing for that fourth next season to equal Vettel and, uh, Prost. Yeah. I, I wonder how long he's going to be pushing for these. How long is he going to be interested in Formula One when he's um, on his farm? He's under contract with Red Bull until 2028 and I don't see him renewing. Right. Because he's forgetting about that contract. Yeah. Either he will win everything until 2028, which I also don't see happening, or he will win probably this, probably 24 and 25, and then we'll see what happens in 26. But if he's not winning championships in 2028, I don't see him staying. So I I think either way he goes, um, I think... Uh, I think this will be his last contract and he'll move on to bigger and better things, even though there aren't really bigger and better things, but he'll move on to other things. <laughs> um, oh man, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be actually kind of entertaining to see him in a, in a spec series actually. Yeah. Give um, him a car that he can just absolutely trash other drivers with. I want to see like old Verstappen, like 2021 Verstappen. Yeah. That would be actually entertaining, but uh, I still think he would probably start winning over there, too. And uh, we don't want to... Well, I'll let people decide what they want. <laughs> I don't want that. I would like to see him... He can fit so many vehicle-to-vehicle crashes in it. <laughs> I would like to see him in World Endurance. That's where I'd like to see him. Um, but anyway, so Piastri won his first race... Once again, race in air quotes. He did not win a Grand Prix, um, so that's the difference there. He won a sprint race. Uh, if he counts that as a race win, fantastic. I, For me, sprint races will always have an asterisk. Yeah. Um, so there's that. It's just like an extra qualifying for me. Yeah. So, I mean, take that as you will. Uh, it's it's cool for him for sure. I'm not gonna take that away from him. It's still a sprint race win, but uh, 
I think uh, the Grand Prix is still uh, the big one that drivers are trying to get, obviously. Um, but anyway, so heat stroke was a big problem in this race. Uh, not really in the sprint race because it was so short, but in the Grand Prix for sure. Um, most of the drivers were having massive problems in the car, just with the sheer amount of heat. Uh, not only in Qatar, but in the car, it is very warm in that cockpit, as it is. Um, Alonso had crazy burns on his back once he got out of the car. Uh, his whole, his whole back is all <laughs> red and burnt up. Uh, so he had to deal with that. Lance Stroll said in the last few laps that he was passing out and fainting in the car. And you can kind of see that happening on the streets. His head was moving back and forth in a very strange way. Yep. And by the last few laps, he actually meant the last, uh, when did he say he started feeling them? Around lap 27? I thought it was like 35, but okay. it probably... About 35? But for, I don't know, like 20 or so laps? Yeah. He's like half the race. literally blacking out for like half the race. And then he gets out of the car, almost almost to the ground, catches himself on his tire, and then he limps over to the ambulance sitting right there and literally like almost falls in through the window of the ambulance. Yeah, Akon uh, puked multiple times, I think. Yeah, Akon puked on like lap 16 or something like that. And so he's, it was like lap 16 and lap 19. So he's driving around in his own vomit for like 30-something laps. Uh, yeah, we had the sergeant retirement, which we, sergeant we all thought was like, odd. Oh, rookie driver can't handle the heat, that kind of thing. Well, And then it ended up just being, he was one of the smart drivers who called it quits before something bad happened. Well, also, yeah, and he was getting over like a flu, it sounded like. And so yeah, it, I can't even imagine like all those drivers having all those issues in like being in 100% healthy form, whereas Sergeant's getting over the flu and that's happening. Like, I can't even imagine. That's a bad time. Um, so, yeah, uh, George Russell was saying he was he was having issues at the end of the race, too. Um, most drivers that were interviewed were saying it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean, you saw Norris and Tsunoda and a lot of drivers coming through pits with their uh, helmets cracked. Yep. Uh, I think Russell was even doing it on the straights. He was cracking his helmet, uh, which yep. you're not yeah, supposed he was to do. Putting but... his hand, putting <laughs> his hands up to try to funnel, funnel a little air in. There was that too. He was t- he took both hands off of his steering wheel to funnel air into the cockpit while going almost 200 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, but all the drivers that were interviewed said it was it was way too much. It was past the point of being safe, and if you're blacking out in the car, I agree. But I mean, there's Singapore, which is just similar, but it's not that intense. And uh, I think the difference... It's a slower track overall, I think. That's too. the thing, is it's a slower track, so you got less G-force going through your body. And also, um, there was a tire special sense. tire mandate. Yep, I was, that's where I was going. Uh it was basically a mandated three stop for this race. Uh, and so drivers were basically doing qualifying laps for well, whatever, like 51 laps in a row or 56, whichever, however long the race was, I think it was 51. So basically 51 qualifying laps in a row. 
at a track with heavy braking zones and also high-speed corners, meaning your body is just constantly being exposed to extreme G-forces. Um, that mixed with the heat, and yeah, I just... It's insane. So I don't know what they're going to do about it. They're moving it. It's in December next year rather than early October. So I think that will help in terms of it'll be cooler. Uh, I mean, it's the Middle East, so it won't be cool. <laughs> uh, but it'll be cooler than than it was. I think it was, I don't remember what how hot it was, but it was like 90 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever that is in Celsius, uh, in, that, in that range. And um, I imagine well over probably 110, 120 in the car. So just ridiculous conditions to be racing under. Um, they could introduce some sort of cooling device like they have in IndyCar. Uh, or they could not do that and just hope it doesn't happen again, which... <laughs> I think cool seat. Cool suits would be a good idea for IndyCar, or not IndyCar, for Formula One. I think so, too. I think that's something that could be very easily implemented and homologated. And that no matter, yeah, no matter how the aero changes or the cockpits change or anything like that, the cool suit is, you know, driver-based. It's not affected by outside criteria quite yeah. as much. If everybody gets the same system for it, then there's no, no one can say it's unfair. So, uh, yeah. I don't see any downside to having cool suits in uh, in the car. That just makes way more sense to me for all races because even when it's not ridiculously hot outside, uh, it is ridiculously hot in those cars. Always. Yeah, yeah. So. and one of the main detractors I see come up for the cool suits is that, well, if it doesn't work, then the cool suit gets really hot. But this is this is Formula One. Make just make a cool suit that doesn't stop working. Yeah. I mean, if you can, yeah, with all of the engineers that are... Throw money at it until it works. Exactly. Contract a team to come up with a cool suit that's going to work. They have the resources. They have the minds. You're getting another $600 million from Andretti just to try to get into your sport. Use some of that. Exactly. Uh, there are... To, I mean, the F1 teams have the personnel that could design something like that. I'm a thousand percent positive. Or I'm sure one of them has a sponsor that would be willing to be contracted out to design something like that. Uh, so I don't, I don't see any reason not to. Um, but anyway, so Russell and Hamilton is our next talking point. Uh, tensions may have risen a little bit in the team, but uh, I don't think to an insane degree. Again, they hugged it out at the end of the race, so I think they're they're all cool with each other as far as that goes. But if they were in a championship contender car, I think I think the second they have a car that can win races and win championships consistently, Russell and Hamilton are going to start butting heads. Yep, and I even wonder, I know they said that they hashed it all out after the race, but I still think that this is probably going to impact how Russell and Hamilton approach each other on the track. Yeah, I know Mercedes for said... For the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, Mercedes said that they were going to discuss behind closed doors what they're going to do in terms of how the cars race each other in the future. So this this but crash, even that, like yeah. getting team orders on how to race your teammate, doesn't help either. Especially if you're Lewis Hamilton, I'd say. 
Yeah. You're not giving Hamilton team orders. That's just not going to happen. Or you can, but he's not going to follow them. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's not. You're still going to get friction that way. So I, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know a good solution. I don't really want to come up with a good solution. I just know that I think even though they hashed it out, I think this is still going to cause problems that you're going to see pretty easily on the track in the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we already talked about Lance Stroll. Um, Perez was lapped by Verstappen during this race. Uh, again, Perez is is not on, on Verstappen's level anywhere near it. Uh, and this is where the conversations are coming from with Helmut Marko and Christian Horner and all the people saying that Perez has a problem that needs to get resolved sooner rather than later. Um, so, yeah, anytime you get lapped by your teammate, it's not definitely not a good thing. Um, and then McLaren is just uh, fantastic right now. Definitely the second fastest car as far as I'm concerned uh, currently on the grid. Um, unfortunately, their the first half of their season was not super great, so they are probably not going to reach second place in the championship by the end of the season. Uh, but they are rapidly approaching Aston Martin, and I could definitely see them passing them to take fourth in the championship. Um, but yeah, so McLaren has been very fun to watch. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they can win a race before the end of the year. But again, I am hopeful, but not optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was cool to see Piastri actually in front of Norris, see that they're really actually pretty competitive. Yeah. Piastri. I know Norris was kind of itching to get in front of Piastri, but I think Piastri deserved that second place. I think so too. I think uh, those drivers. The, the thing that's kind of scary to think about is right now I'd say those drivers are pretty evenly matched. Um, yeah. And it's Piastri's rookie season, so I think Piastri is going to be an insane talent, like Leclerc level, uh, George Russell level. Like, it's hard to say Verstappen level because there's there's no way. Um, we don't know what level that is. Yeah, that's it's it's another level. Um, but in terms of the upper echelons of drivers, in terms of skill and talent, and just the ability to put the car where it doesn't belong, punch above its weight, uh, I'd say in a couple of years, Piastri is going to be a very 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 highly talented driver. Um, so that's something to watch. Uh, let's go through standings real quick. I forgot to put driver standings on here, but, uh, Max Verstappen won the driver's championship and that's pretty much all that matters right now. Yep. It's all over. Um, so as far as the team standings go, is this updated? I don't know if this is actually updated. Let me look real quick. It's not updated, so let me go through this this real quick. Uh, we are only the most professional here. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, Nathan, what website are you using to check the, the driver's standings? Uh, docs.google.com, but you can also check it at uh, revhang.com. They are updated there as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but yes, I opened my Google Sheets page for this. Uh <laughs> All right, Red Bull Racing is in the lead at 657 points. Mercedes is in second at 326. Ferrari is in third at 298. 
Aston Martin is at 230. McLaren at 219. So there's only an 11 point gap between Aston Martin wow. and McLaren. That was a big catch up. Oh, yeah. Huge. Uh, McLaren, I think, scored like 47 points this weekend. Yeah, McLaren scored the most points out of any team this weekend. 47 points. That is insane. To score 47 points in one weekend, that's that's crazy. Yeah, without getting first in the race. Yeah. Um, yeah, that... Yeah. Yeah. Big improvement. So, there's that. Alpine is 90, so a big drop from McLaren to Alpine. Uh, Williams at 23, Alfa Romeo at 16, Haas at 12, and Alfa Tauri at 5. So Alfa Romeo passed Haas? Yes, they did. That double point scoring really helped him. For sure it did, yep. That really snuck under my radar. I didn't realize that until you pointed it out in the script. Yep. But that's super cool that Alfa Romeo actually got points. It is, yeah. Very cool. All right. Let's move into the Pit Stop Championship. Um, big news. McLaren and Lando Norris won the Pit Stop Championship, and there's no other big news besides that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they won with a time of 1.80 seconds, which is not only the fastest time of the race, not only the fastest time of the season, but, ladies and gentlemen, that is a world record. Uh, that is the fastest pit stop ever in Formula 1 history, and uh, they took that from Red Bull, so... <laughs> and this is after all the regulations is, that made the pit stop slower. Yep, after the regulations. So, like, to think that this could have been, like, a 1.6 second pit stop if the new regs weren't in place, that's insane. <laughs> that that would have been cool to see. Yeah. I want to see the one and a half second pit stop. Yeah. Uh, and it could only happen to Ferrari that they have a 1.93 second pit stop and it is not the fastest of the race. Of course. Um Still, yeah. I will say, I think you see a lot of these times being a lot lower because the team's got so many attempts at it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, still, 1.8 second pit stop is no joke. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, new world record uh, for McLaren, stealing that from Red Bull Racing. Um, probably the only thing you're going to take from Red Bull in the coming years. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Leclerc was second, Piastri was third, Sinata fourth, Perez fifth, Alonso sixth, I messed up the numbers again, Verstappen seventh, Stroll eighth, Gasly ninth, and Russell tenth. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is the Pitstop Championship, going through standings, nothing really has changed, Perez is still out in front, uh, Norris is in third, Leclerc is in second, I'm jumping all around because my brain... Um, and then Constructors Championship, Red Bull is still in front. Uh, Ferrari is at 356, McLaren's at 307. Um, so maybe there's a challenge there, but past that, it's not super interesting. Uh, I got the colors on these drivers wrong, but it's okay. Uh, overtake of the I week. I didn't even notice. <laughs> overtake of the week. Um... I gave this to George Russell for his overtake on Piastri on lap three of the sprint race. Uh, Russell, if you look up the definition of send it in the dictionary, uh, there's like a little play button and uh, you click it and it's a video of this move. So yeah, uh, Russell uber late break. Absolutely sent it down the inside of Piastri. It was a fantastic move. Uh, Unfortunately, Russell's tires went off because he went on these soft tires at the beginning of the race 
and they just disintegrated, so Piastri was able to catch back up. Um, but uh, yeah, he gets my overtake of the week, so I'll have to give him a call and let him know that he won this prestigious award. Yep, good job, George Russell. Yeah. All right, time for our predictions, Ben. Are you it's as excited as I am? It's my, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> All right, to remind everybody of the top five, it was Verstappen, Piastri, Norris, Russell, and Leclerc. Uh, why don't you give me your top five, Ben? Yep, it was a, a pretty boring guess, but I guess it's not as uh, typical as it might have been at the start of the season. So I've got Verstappen in first, got Perez and Norris. So I got Verstappen and Norris in first and third correct. Uh, and then I've got Signs in fourth and Piastri in fifth with Sunoda as my dark horse. Gotcha, gotcha. I also had Verstappen winning. Um, I had Norris in second and Piastri third, so I just got those swapped. Uh, I had Signs in fourth, which uh, he didn't even start the race, so there's that. Um, and then I had Perez in fifth, and I seriously debated not even putting Perez in the top five, but then I felt bad about it. And so I put him in the fifth slot, and then he finished tenth. So uh, <laughs> should have stuck to my guns there. Uh, and then my dark horse is Alex Albon, and uh, he—I don't remember where he finished. Where did he finish? He finished in thirteenth. So no, <laughs> no. Uh, all right, fastest lap went to Verstappen. Um, and uh, what you said, Ben. Uh, I had Norris for that, All which right. it, it was close, right? Yeah, he did have it for a couple laps, I think. And then, and yeah. Then Verstappen and then decided his, uh, to take it back. He sped up a little bit. He did one fast lap faster than his qualifying pace and then slid back down. Yeah. <laughs> that was just uh, stupid. It was. The fact that the fastest lap was faster than the pole position time, that's insane. Um, anyway, so Verstappen came away with it, and that was what I said. So I get that point. And the driver of the day went to Oscar Piastri. What did you say, Ben? I had Tsunoda. And I had Norris. So I chose the wrong McLaren driver. Oh, well. Oh, well. You're close. I was. All right. Let's move into our predictions for the United States Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> yep, actually just made some changes. I saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Give me your top five, Ben. All right. I've got Verstappen, Ooh. Hamilton, Piastri. I just saw the you, bottom. You just saw it. Oh. Norris and Russell in fifth. And uh, I think what Nathan was saying is I put Perez's dark horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Brutal. But I don't even have Perez as my dark horse. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, he's giving him a chance. At this point, <laughs> I, I know. You can't, I, I know can't argue we, with that. We kind of overinflate. Perez's underperformance sometimes, but it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. So yeah, Perez is my dark horse. If he scores any points, if he gets into the top five, that'll be very good. Yeah. Um so yeah, well there's that. <laughs> uh <laughs> my top five is Verstappen, Norris, Hamilton, Piastri, and Science with Albon as my dark horse. And, uh, yeah, Perez is not on that list this week. Very uh, reasonable. Yeah. All right. Fastest lap, what you say, Ben? I've got Norris. And I have Verstappen again. Um, driver of the day. 
I put sergeant because rah, America. America, yes. <laughs> Freedom sounds. That's uh, who I'm voting for. Yeah. Uh, I said Lando Norris, but I could see the uh, the Americans gathering around Logan Sargent. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't win it in Miami, so I guess there's... And he is a Floridian as well. <laughs> Does Miami even really count as a Formula One race, though? Uh, no, it's just an upscale, high-class event. <laughs> Uh, if a Formula One race happens in Miami, will anybody see it? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Vegas turns out. I am kind of excited for that. Um, just to see if the racing is even good. Because it's a very yeah. square track. <laughs> I just hope there's fewer celebrities in Miami. Oh, there's going to be way more. It's going to be oh. way more, dude. <laughs> if you think Miami's bad, Vegas is going to be Miami times like 10. Uh, I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super happy about that, but I'm excited for a night race down the strip. That's what I'm excited for. Yep. The spectacle. All I can think of is DJ Khaled on the Miami grid after the race, just spouting nonsense. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we're going to see like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey show up. Uh, It's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He's the, uh, tight end on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs that's dating Taylor Swift. I don't know if you follow football at all. I don't follow Taylor Swift or football. Okay, well that's all right, never mind. It's okay. been kind of <laughs> anyway, it's been kind of a meme going through the football community because every time every Kansas City Chiefs game, like the Chiefs will score or have a great play and they'll just instantly cut to Taylor Swift's reaction in the in the press box like her Love celebrating. It. So you don't even get to see the team celebrate anymore. It's just Taylor Swift celebrating. And it's like even on ESPN, half the posts about football are just pictures of Taylor Swift in the box and it's like no one cares. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's... it's 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 become kind of a meme, but anyway, that would be funny if they showed up uh that would, at least, that at least would happen me. yeah yeah all right uh that uh, runs off the predictions and most of our episode but we do have one very important segment to end off the episode on ben do you have any words of wisdom for us this evening i i do have wisdom it is more dad advice than wisdom but it's uh making sure to take care of your stuff even when it's kind of inconvenient or takes a lot of time because it's way better to you know put that wrench away instead of leaving it outside or put that cover over the boat, even though it's not raining right now, because you're not going to want to do it later on and it's going to rain and your boat is going to get all rotted out with all the wood benches and it's going to get all rusty and filled with water and it's going to be nasty. And that is why I always put the cover back on the boat, even if it's, you know, I'm tired and I want to go inside and take a shower, you know, just, Take, take that little extra time to take care of your stuff because it's so worth it in the end. Awesome stuff. Very good advice, Ben. Uh, I have definitely learned that in my personal life as well that uh, if I put something off, it just makes me want to do it even less later on. Um, so, yeah. Definitely good stuff, Ben. Thank you for that, and thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. Helps us get our name out there. Uh, if you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and Formula One or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, I think we did just have an, an IMSA race 
today, actually. Um, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter or X, it is now, as it is now called, using hashtag RevHangPodcast. We may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenGMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. You can follow the RevHang page at RevHangMedia. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about the Formula One uh, United States Grand Prix. A uh, little less than two weeks, hopefully. No, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Formula One United States Grand Prix, October 22nd, I believe, at, uh, I believe it's 2 p.m. Central Time. No. So excited for that. I'm going to sit down with some chips and salsa, real football food, you know, just enjoy a race at a normal time of day. Yeah, and we'll actually uh, be in the same spot watching the same thing for once. <laughs> yes so i am very excited for that i'm excited to see you and hang out that will be very yep. very Me fun too. so uh i will see you next sunday ben and we will see you the listener uh shortly thereafter cool Th- cue the nfl outro music thanks for hanging out guys see ya <laughs>